doing? Good. How are you today? Good to see I'm you doing. again. Likewise, likewise. It seemed like it's been a minute. Oh, man. Yeah, it has been a while. So it's nice to see that smile again. <laughs> <laughs> likewise, man. I want to pardon uh, my environment and the way I look uh, just on my lunch break, uh, working a gig uh, at the moment. So okay. I have right. to go ahead and save this uh, for the lunch break and then just come out here and do what it do. So pardon, you know, my appearance. I'm not as sharp as you right now. Not at all. I love the hustle. I love the idea <laughs> that you're out there and on a work break, you're making it happen. I think that's great. I've just, I've been uh, doing interviews all day. So that's why I'm dressed up. Otherwise I'd be in a t-shirt right now. <laughs> <laughs> productivity is good. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, I definitely want to appreciate you for coming on the podcast called Rising Tide. Uh, I'm not sure if I shared with you the purpose of the podcast, which is to educate, to heal, and to empower uh, by bringing on the world's most brilliant minds and purest souls. So I look at you as a rising tide, and I feel like your wisdom would do a great job of just elevating the consciousness of the following uh, and of the audience. So I appreciate you taking the time to come out. Yeah, well, that's quite a compliment, and I really appreciate it, and I'm so happy to uh, be a part of your program. Definitely, and for those who don't know, uh, Tim is my, I don't, I don't even know how to label you, but he's been my therapist, uh, he's been a coach, he's been inspiration, uh, and a lot of people are kind of apprehensive when I ask them if they ever experienced hypnotherapy, I guess like movies and tv and news have kind of gave it like a negative kind of like stereotype but i'm like hands down out of all the therapies that i've tried i personally feel that that's given me the greatest impact that that's like moved me further or the furthest along probably emotional development mm -hmm. uh and really being able to get control of my mind and my emotions i've tried a lot of different things and the sessions that me and you have done not even I can say that I have noticed a difference. Just the people around me be like, something's different about you, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> just a quick little testimony to like hypnotherapy that that definitely works. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, this has been, uh, you know, you are a delight to work with. And, and one of the things that people misunderstand is they think that if you're going to use a tool like hypnosis, that it's uh, going to control you. And, and that's really the opposite of what hypnosis puts you in control because it helps you to access the beliefs that are driving your behavior and those beliefs are like these instructions for your brain that tells you how you need to show up and what how you should uh, think about yourself and how you should think about others and what kind of world you live in and if and if you and we all absorb beliefs that can be helpful and supportive and we also because of our the world we live in and our religion and our government and now social media and all the other influences, uh, we also pick up some really negative beliefs about ourselves and about others. And those beliefs tend to really focus our attention on things that are not good for us. So when you're able to recognize that you have a belief maybe that, you know, um, you're not going to be able to accomplish something or you're not good enough, or you're not smart enough, or uh, the world is a cruel place or they're, you know, they're, um, the world doesn't have your back. God doesn't have your back. You know, if you have these, these beliefs that uh, you absorb when you were little, you weren't born with them. But if you uh, absorb these beliefs when you're little, they will affect you your entire life if you don't get into your mind and upgrade them. 
We upgrade our, our cell phones all the time, but our, our software in our brain, most people uh, are still running the, sem, the same uh, MS-DOS program that uh, they started with. And so <laughs> that's why it's so powerful. So let me ask you, uh, you had alluded to it in what you just said, saying that most of our beliefs are formed uh, when we're younger. Can you go in or elaborate a little further on how beliefs are formed or deeply ingrained into us? Yes. So um, beliefs are ingrained in us. Um, so think of it this way. Imagine that your mind is like a sponge. And when you're little, your basic focus is on survival, right? How am I going to survive? And so we cry and we hope that that leads to being fed, you know? And so we start to uh, absorb what's going on around us so that we can figure out how to survive. And as we continue to grow up, we will experience different situations and somebody is impatient or somebody's having a bad day or something, you know, uh, some kind of traumatic experience happens. And it's not those experiences. It's what you think it means about you or other people that matters most. And so if you have an experience where, so say you're, uh, you know, you're sitting on the floor and a cute little mouse comes running across the floor and you go, oh, look at that. And then all of a sudden your mom starts screaming and she jumps on a chair and she's freaking out. And all of a sudden you feel this terror inside of you, this anxiety, and you don't know what's happening. And your mom's staring at the mouse. And now you're staring at the mouse while you're having this feeling. So your mind says, you know, makes this connection that that mouse or that animal is dangerous. You could be in danger. It, you form a belief that you could be in danger around those animals. And then it happens unconsciously. So as we get older, all of a sudden, we're afraid of dogs. We're afraid of cats. We're afraid of small animals. And we don't know why. And it's because we formed this belief when we were little that, you know, those animals are bad. And so we have to be careful of them. And it's a belief that forms. And so when you get older, you realize, well, I don't have to be afraid of animals. That mouse wasn't going to ever hurt me. My mom just had a reaction to it. And it scared me and a belief was formed that, that I should be afraid too, but that's not the case. It doesn't have to be that way. I don't have to reinforce the beliefs of the people, you know, that I absorbed from the people around me when I was growing up. I don't have to support that if it's not good for me. I don't have to keep reinforcing it if it's not serving me in some loving, positive, empowering way. Just because my uh, people that raise me believe that doesn't mean that I have to. Just because someone acts a certain way doesn't mean that I have to. Just because someone develops a survival strategy that maybe worked for them, that doesn't mean that I have to go there, right? I am my own person. God made me as, you know, my own, my own spirit. And so I can use the power of my mind in a new way. And so that's an example. Another quick example, Chris, is when you go through some kind of traumatic experience where you know, our biggest fear is that because this happened, it means that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy of being loved or I'm not good enough to be able to figure things out on my own. And that fear that I'm not enough drives all the other fears, the fear of uh, abandonment, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of being humiliated, the fear of not being good enough. 
you know, all of that. And those fears create a tremendous amount of anxiety. And that anxiety causes us to sabotage our, our own results. Often we think we're being held down by someone outside of us when the person that holds us down the most is ourselves. And the good news is that you have the ability, God gave us the ability to turn that around. So let me ask you, are you of the belief that people are aware of the beliefs that limit them? And if they are not aware of them, how, what suggestions would you give to help people become aware of the beliefs that may be limiting them? So most people are not aware that they have these beliefs. They are aware that they're stressed, that they're feeling anxiety, that things aren't, don't seem to work out for them, that they're struggling financially or they're struggling with their relationships or they're struggling with their confidence. They're aware of that, but they don't really understand um, the beliefs that are driving that. Or we don't believe that something that happened to me when I was three years old is affecting me now when I'm 30, right? But that's exactly what happens. And so here's a simple way that you can figure out what you really believe. You get out a piece of paper and you ask yourself, what do I really believe about my ability to make money, my ability to be in a happy relationship, or my ability to feel um, happy myself? You know, what do I really believe? And then you keep asking yourself that same question, maybe for like 10, 20 minutes. And in the beginning, you're going to give answers that come from your head. But if you keep asking that same question, eventually you'll start giving answers that come from your heart. And that'll start to help you understand what you're really thinking, okay? A different question, instead of saying, what do I really believe is, what am I afraid of? What am I afraid is gonna happen? Well, I'm afraid that uh, if I don't get stuff straight, then you know I'm not gonna find a happy relationship. Okay, well, then what am I afraid of? Well, then I'm afraid uh, that I'll be alone. And then what am I afraid of? Well, I'm, I don't know. I'm, that no one's going to want to go out with me or I'm not good enough. Oh, wait a second. The fear is I'm not good enough. If I'm not good enough, what does that mean? Well, I don't, it means that I'm going to end up naked in a corner all by myself. I'm just going to die. Well, imagine having a belief like that. You end up all alone, naked in a corner, and no one cares. You think that might make you needy or jealous or controlling or a lunatic at times? You better believe it. So once we uncover what that real fear is, what that real belief is, what would I have to believe in order to feel this feeling? What would I have to believe about myself? What would I have to believe about others? We have so many ideas in our mind that are false. All guys are like this. All women are like that, right? So many ideas. The world is like this, right? And so if you have, uh, you know, money is the root of all evil. If you have that belief in your spiritual person, you're going to be broke for a long time. Because if you associate money as being evil and you're, you want to be a good person, you will reject prosperity, which is a mistake. The mm. love of money above all other things, including God, is evil. But money is just another tool that God gave us to be able to have a cool experience of feeling good about ourselves and then helping others feel good. 
So money can be a loving tool. Money is just a thing. It's what you do with it that determines what, how you feel. So asking yourself those questions and then trying to get to what you really believe, what you're really, really afraid of, and that will uncover the belief. And then the next question is, what would I rather believe instead? What do I want to believe instead? And that's what you put all your energy on. I want to believe that I am good enough. I want to believe that I love me so other people are going to love me, that I am already good and I don't have to prove it. And once you start focusing on the belief that you want to have drive your life, you know, then that's what you focus on. All right, what can I do every day to make myself feel loved, to make myself feel like I'm good enough? And then one of the things that you'll do is, is go through life helping other people feel like they're good enough too. And that'll fill you and the world up with more love. So what are your thoughts on like um, associations? and who we surround ourselves with. Does that kind of play a factor into what we believe about ourselves, about other people, about what's cap what we're capable of? 100%. I love the question. Yes. So there's an old um, phrase that says, if you want to know how much money you're going to earn, you just take the five people that you hang around with the most, not your intimate family members, but the five friends that you hang around with the most or a cousin or someone else, and you figure out how much money they make in a year, and you take the average of those five people and the average of the money that they make, that's what you're gonna make. So if you hang out with someone and they all make you know, $30,000 a year, the odds are you're gonna make $30,000 a year. If they make $10,000 a year, you're gonna make 10. If they make $150,000 a year, that's probably what you're gonna make, right? So it absolutely influences you, not not because of the quality of the people, but because of the quality of the mindset and how people think, right? To have more, you have to become more. And to become more, you have to expand your self-awareness and your ability to think. You've got to take chances. You've got to take risks. You've got to get outside your comfort zone. You're a perfect example of doing this right now with your podcast, right? With your show, Chris. You're out there and you're, you decide I'm going to go for it and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it happen and you're not going to let things get in the way. You're just going to go out there and do your thing and, and here we are, right? Because you had the courage to do that and here we are. Well, a lot of people won't do that because they're afraid. And so we want to make sure that we are hanging around those who we want to be like. Now, does that mean, oh, well, if you're making $100,000 an hour or you know, $100,000 a year and I'm only making $20,000 a year, does that mean you're too cool to hang out with me? No, not at all. But it means that I'm going to spend more time with people who are good for me. If I'm trying to be straight and, and not getting drugs and stuff like that and all my friends are doing drugs, I'm going to end up doing drugs, <laughs> right? I got to hang around with the people that aren't doing that. And it can, be it can be hard and it can be challenging and people might get mad at you, but you got to look at your whole life. You got to look at the quality of your life and not just where do you want to be tomorrow, but where do you want to be five years from now? Five years from now, do you want to be the same age and still hanging out with your friends, doing all the partying and stuff? Or do you want to actually be established where you can go and party on the weekends if you want, yet the rest of the week you have a really good life. You know, you're out of, you're out of mom's basement and, you know, you're enjoying yourself. And so 
that's why it's important to hang around people who will support you and challenge you and challenge your thinking and feedback beliefs to you that that you might not even catch that are holding you back so that you're like, wow, I never thought of it that way. That's the value of hanging around with other people that will inspire you. So how do you build your network with high quality people? If you're just coming and having a lot of limiting beliefs when it comes to money or health or just your self-esteem, how do you associate with people who are elevated in those areas? It has never been easier than now. So for me, you know, I didn't have any money growing up. And so I was always paycheck to paycheck and always, you know, just, just getting by for a long time. And uh, I would go to the library and I would check out books because I didn't know any entrepreneurs. All my family were electricians in a steel mill. Right. So I didn't have I didn't know anybody that was a business owner. I didn't know anybody that was a executive in a company. I didn't know anybody that did any of that stuff. And so I would go to the library and I would check out cassette tapes right, and put them in my Walkman and I would walk and I would listen to people who have given their advice and I got it for free from the library. And it was amazing. And so these days we have access to our phone. Right? You've got podcasts where you've got the most talented people in the world giving you incredible advice for free. So it's, it's really remarkable and so easy. If you don't know anybody, then you start by listening to programs or surfing through podcasts. And if you want to learn about money or you want to learn about relationships or self-confidence or growing a business or marketing or sales or any of that stuff, listen to programs. I've trained so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of salespeople, right? And often I will ask a group, there'll be 500 people in the room and they're all sales professionals. And I'll say, raise your hand if you listen to personal development stuff and podcasts. And I always get about two or 3% of people who raise their hands. And those two or 3% are always the top performers. They're always the one making the most money. And it's because they are developing themselves. So that's how you do it. All right, so let me ask you, um, in all of the research that you've done and the books that you have read, what would be like three of your top books that you would recommend to someone that could kind of I guess, install more empowering beliefs in them or that impacted you the most? Excellent. So there's a belief called um, Think and Grow Rich, and it's by a guy named Napoleon Hill. Now, there's, these books have been updated by other people, but it really, he studied the, you know, the billionaires of, uh, of our generation from, you know, in the 1920s. So, Henry Ford and uh, Carnegie and all these people that owned the, the steel industry and the car industry and everything. He studied the, the most amazing people and, uh, and said, this is what they're doing. They're using visualization and they're a part of a mastermind group and they are always developing themselves and feeding their mind good information and hanging around uh, people that will inspire them, right? And so Think and Grow Rich is probably the number one uh, success book that's ever been written besides maybe the Bible. <laughs> okay. And so uh, the second book is how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie. 
And it's another old book, but it is a classic. I have a 16-year-old son, and he just finished reading it, and he loves it. He's been using the techniques with his friends, and he says this stuff really works. And it teaches you how to create relationships and how to increase your charisma and how to um, get people to want to help you because of how you make them feel. And so that's an awesome book. The third book that I recommend is, is um, the one that I wrote on the back shelf. It's called Get Out of Your Way, right? And it will teach you how your mind works and how to upgrade your beliefs and how to communicate with yourself on a daily basis that will train your brain for success. So instead of the constant struggle and trying to talk yourself into being a positive thinker, which often doesn't work out very well, we have to learn how to train our emotional mind, our unconscious mind. And that book will show you exactly how to do it. No, that's definitely uh, powerful. So you said, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, How to Win Friends Influence and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And then your book by Tim Shore, Get Out of Your Way. Excellent. That's right. Definitely. And I'm glad that you actually mentioned your book because I wanted to talk about um, some of the programs that you be doing. Uh, you had mm -hmm. did the prosperity one and then you had also did the high achievers one. If you kind of want to talk to the audience about those. So I have a special event that's coming up. I talked about those icons, right? Some of my favorite all time mobile speakers and and really legends in the personal development world and people like Les Brown and Brian Tracy, Bob Proctor. These people are legends. Joe Vitale. These people, uh, you know, are just really legends in the industry. And I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if um, these people were having conversations about how to grow their business and they've all made millions and millions of dollars. They've served millions of people around the globe for 50 years. So they've been through the ups and the downs, the economy crashes, 9-11, now we're going through COVID-19. They've been through all of that stuff and still remain successful. I thought, wouldn't it be amazing if they were having conversations and we could listen in? So I decided that I was going to use all the tools that I teach and I was going to see if I could put together a legend summit, right, where we got the icons together and we had them have conversations and then I got them all in the room at the same time. And then I would ask people questions like I'd say, Chris, if you could ask Brown a question or Brian Tracy a question, what would it be? And then I'll collect those questions and then we're going to do that live. And I pulled it off. It's going to happen right. October 24th and 25th. I've got 14 of the world's greatest legends and Hall of Fame speakers and Wall Street Journal bestselling authors. They're all coming together on a Saturday and a Sunday. And I call it Legend Summit. If you go to legendsummit.com, then uh, you can, you'll see the, the layout and who we have. And we've got Hollywood story readers that, you know, um, when Will Smith has a movie idea, he calls Michael Haig, the storytelling guy in Hollywood. Well, Michael's going to, I wish I could get Will, but, but Michael's going to be at the summit, right? Telling wow. his storytelling secrets, right? Bill uh, Stainton, he's won 29 Emmys, 29 Emmys for writing and producing and acting in a show. They call him the Seinfeld of uh, public speaking. And so uh, he's going to be in there. I mean, we just, I, I've got an incredible lineup. And, wow. uh, and so check it out. And tickets are only $47.
I mean, I could, I could charge $1,000 for an event like this, but I want everybody to have access to it. So $47, and, uh, and you can hang out with me and the greatest minds of the 20th century. Could you say that uh, website again? Yeah, it's Legend Summit, S-U-M-M-I-T dot com. So if you go to LegendSummit.com, check out the line out or the lineup, and it's going to be uh, incredible. And let me ask, do you uh, do replays for your old program? So, like, let's just say somebody had missed the prosperity thing you did. Do you have, like, where for a certain price or a website they can go to and sign up for replays when it comes to your old programs that you've already done? Yeah, I've created, I'm kind of a, a content monster. I mean, I just keep creating more and more stuff. And now I'm partnering with the world's greatest minds and uh, hoping that rubs off on me. Remember what I told you about who you want to hang out with, right? So yeah. I wanted to take my career to the next level. So I'm hanging out with these legends, you know, mm. so that I become one. Not so that I'm a legend, but I want to develop legendary strategies for uh, helping everybody else feel like they're a legend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all a legend in our own right, you know? And so, uh, you know, I see the, the beauty and the talent inside of everyone. And often they don't see it inside of themselves. And I do. And you just need one person to believe in you so that you can believe in yourself. And so if you go to TimSure.com, uh, my last name is S is in Sam, H-U-R-R. So TimSure.com. And uh, um, sign up for my newsletter. So anywhere where you can uh, get something free, sign up for an ebook or a mesmerizing mindset checklist, anything that I offer for free, it'll put you in my, your best life newsletter. And then I will let you know about these programs I'm creating with some of these extraordinary people. I'm doing one right now with Randy Gage and on called millionaire mindset, you know, mm -hmm. and this guy knows how to make money. And, uh, and so I partnered up with him and he's, you know, we're teaching these classes and then uh, if you can't make it live, then we'll have the products and the products are, are very inexpensive. We try to keep the prices really low so that people like me could afford, you know, because like I said, I couldn't afford much for a long, long time. And so, uh, so yeah, so timshire.com. So let me ask you, because uh, you had spoke about, you know, growing up in humble beginnings and everything, yeah. but yet and still, if you had to put a number as far as how much you have spent on investing in yourself through just coaching, through knowledge, training seminars, throughout all of the years, what would that number probably be? Oh, I would say about $100,000. So <laughs> when did that like start for you? Because like I was telling uh, my girlfriend the other day, like this year, the rest of the year, like, regardless of what I have to sacrifice, I'm going all in on investing in myself. So the trainings that I know would take me to the next level, but I've been like, Oh, that's kind of expensive. You know, regardless, I'm just going all in and covering it. And then just, I know that a year from now or whatever, like I'm going to be in a way better place, but I still get that feeling of like, I just paid like 1500 the other day for something. And I was just like, Ooh, you know what I could have did with $1,500. I could have, and it's like, do you still feel that when you're spending a lot large quantities of money and investing in yourself? And then when did you, what was your first like large investment into yourself? And how did you kind of talk yourself in the going off the ledge, if that makes sense? 
These are great questions. So, all right, these are really great questions. No one really has ever asked me that before, so I love this. Well done. All right, so it started for me when I was 18 uh, because I went to college and then I went to grad school for psychology. And I went to another school in Chicago. I was going to work on my trip, but I realized that the psychology field was too slow and too much talk therapy, and I was getting better results using uh, peak performance tools like hypnosis and neurolinguistic programming and stuff that Tony Robbins used. So, uh, but I had collected, um, you know, about fifty thousand dollars in student loan debts, and that was not fun, <laughs> right? And so, uh, the rest of it was just buying twenty dollar programs. $1,500 programs, um, hiring a coach for five grand, for 10 grand, right? My last coach, I paid $20,000. And you, I always think of it as it's not an expense, it is an investment, right? Because you're going so faster investing in yourself than investing in anything else. One of the most famous uh, speakers of all time, his name was Jim Rohn. And he said that here's the secret. He said, invest more time and money into developing you than you do into developing a business. You will be wildly successful. People are always trying to develop the thing that they're doing, you know, in fancy sales and marketing or this next thing they're trying to invent. But the real magic is you developing your mindset, developing your self-awareness, developing how you communicate with yourself and how you communicate with others, uh, how to build stronger relationships, how to get yourself to follow through and take action when you don't want to, or you're scared or you're mad, or you know how to keep from self-destructing when it gets hard and when it gets scary. And as you learn these different things, you'll continue to spend money because it continues to help you. You know, it continues to uh, take you farther and farther. So in the beginning, you start small. You start with that. You don't want to get yourself in debt with too much uh, personal development, right? So you want to start small with the podcast and then take an online class. It's maybe 40 bucks, 50 bucks, and then maybe take a class. It's $200, and then you start implementing what you're learning because a lot of times people will jump from class to class, program to program, but they're not applying what they're learning. So you got to make sure that you're putting it into action. And then once that happens, then you're going to start making more money and then you start to hire a coach as quickly as you can. Now in the beginning, if you can't hire a good coach, you get into a mastermind group because the cost is a little bit cheaper, a little more affordable. Um, or you find um, a coach's program that they're offering because they're giving you the best tips in a program and you work through it on your own. But as fast as you can hire someone to coach you personally, that's where the biggest breakthroughs are going to happen because they will be able to, to focus specifically on you and feedback your beliefs that, that we're picking up and then give you the strategies that you need the most to be able to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. So that's how it worked for me and that's really how it works for anybody. So did you have to kind of battle with yourself a little bit like, oh, I could put this money in other places and all that. Well, now nah, let me just, because a lot of with my apprehension and I'm glad 
because I probably started doing this a few years ago. I remember the first session we had had, I couldn't believe that I had paid. Because <laughs> uh, I just wasn't in the habit of just paying for things. I remember, um, and me and this friend has fallen out since then, but I'm grateful for what he had told me. I was in the habit of uh, tour, what did they call it, torrents, where you could just download different stuff for free and all that. Mm -hmm. I was in the habit of doing that for, I don't know, from when I was probably like 16 all the way to my mid twenties. And my friend was like, you know, you seem like you're going to want to probably put out content at some point in time. And do you feel like you will ever be successful if you're never paying for the products of other people, but you're always wanting someone to pay for your products, but you're figuring out how to, you know, get their stuff for free, even though they put time and energy and effort and all that into it. So I had to shift my mindset about, like you said, investing in myself or spending money on things because for the longest, I'm like, if it didn't have an immediate, like, benefit, I was like, I couldn't. But now I can see, like, I had, like, the $1,500 thing that I told you I just invested in. That wasn't even half of it. And... I won't even actually have access to that training until I pay the whole thing off. And I was, when I paid the 1500, honestly, I, I felt great. I felt good because I know that something greater is coming. I'm gonna have a skill. It's basically for disassessment uh, qualification. So I'll actually be licensed to be able to do disassessment with people, give the test, give the feedback. Um, and so I'm extremely excited about it, but I know two years ago, I would have never, I would have never paid for something $1,500 total, let alone that only being a payment for something. So did you have to battle with that at all? Or was it like you just said, I just started with 20 and then built to 40 and then 15 and a hundred and thousands and, or I always, so how battled. Was that for you? I always battled. Sure. You know, you've grown. And so now you're taking it to the next level and that's going to help you. That's going to help you do that, right? You're, it's, you're going to attract it back to you. And so, yeah, it was a battle for me. I battled a lot. I had so much anxiety and so much insecurity. I was always scared and trying to figure out how to make things work. You know, when people see me now and people I'm hanging out with or the fancy suit or, you know, stuff like that, they're like, yeah, well, you don't understand. Oh, you have no idea. I mean, I was riddled with anxiety, riddled with insecurity. I would do the torrent thing too. I, if there was a way that I could scam my way through it, right? And because I was surviving, you know, I was surviving. I wasn't thriving. I was figuring out how do I survive? How am I safe? How am I going to get mine? How am I going to be okay? How am I going to cover my own assets, <laughs> right? How am I going to pay the rent this month? I mean, I was so broke, I had this horrible apartment and it should have been condemned. And the winter, it would be so cold that, uh, you know, I couldn't turn on because I couldn't afford the, the bill. And so I would go to garage sales and I would buy used candles. And I had, <laughs> my bedroom looked like a church in Rome that had like 4,000 half-lit candles in there. And I'm snuggled up. I'm so glad I didn't burn the house down and burn me down with it. But I would, you know, light these candles to try to stay warm. You know, while I'm listening to a cassette tape that I got from the library telling me that I can achieve anything I put my mind to. And I'm like, yeah, right. 
Okay, and so I have found that there is three, there's three phases in a breakthrough. Phase one is resistance. That is our skepticism, our fear, looking at our past instead of looking at our future and, and finding all the reasons, all the skepticism, all the, you know, it all comes from fear instead of faith, right? There's fear and there's faith. And our fear help, you know, help that we're not going to be able to do it, that we're insane, that we just spent all that money and what were we thinking? That fear is always going to make us feel like we're not good enough and we made a bad choice. However, when you start coming from faith and you start listening to the people who are telling you, I've been there too, this will get you out of that. And you start listening and you keep listening and it starts to become a part of how you think. And then you start acting in new ways. Then all of a sudden you'll realize that all the advice they're giving is accurate, that you're making these investments into you. And so you have resistance and then you have confusion because confusion is like, I always say it's like this. It's like you're not in hell anymore, but you haven't got into heaven yet. So you're like in the middle. You're like in this purgatory, right? And most people, what they do is they don't know how long they're going to be in this middle. They get confused. So they go back to hell because at least it's warm there, <laughs> right? We go to the hell we know. And so we go right back to where we were before. And as a result, we keep going through the same pattern. And then every once in a while, in Going back, you decide to lean in and go forward and you get into heaven, right? And that's where you have breakthrough. So resistance, confusion, breakthrough. And so when you're, you invested the money and now you're in confusion, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe that I did this, right? But you know what's coming next? Breakthrough. Breakthrough is what's coming next. And so we want to make sure that you are excited about learning how to, how to use the DISC assessment, learning how to help people read one another and communicate more effectively and, and grow stronger relationships, which grows, uh, you know, your business and uh, produces sustainable profitability, right? Your, the, the DISC assessment is, is the tool you're using. What you're selling are the benefits of the tools, right? Yeah. And, and so you're in the game now. You made, the, you made the bold move, right? You took the leap of faith. You know, they say that God will have to throw you off the cliff at one point or another so that you can learn that you have angel wings. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I definitely like that. So you had um, something you had said that sparked another question in my mind, but I'm having a hard time remembering that one. So I will pivot to another question. When it comes to you starting your entrepreneur endeavor, so I know you were saying where you had came from as far as your psychology and your mindset and shifting that. Where did the shift come where you were like, I'm going to step out on faith and actually start my own entrepreneur endeavors and then not only just start it, but like go all in and stick with it? So... Um, I would love to tell you that I was courageous and that I came up with this all on my own and that, you know, <laughs> but that's not what happened. It was a series of, um, so my girlfriend at the time was the one who convinced me to take that crummy apartment and I had a, I had a room in the front by the front door and a very small, tiny room. And she said, why don't you turn that into a hypnosis office? And I'm like, are you crazy? Nobody's going to come in here, you know, and do that. I mean, my first form of advertising was I took this sign 
and um, bought some boat letters so that it would reflect by headlights at night. And I, I nailed it to a telephone pole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cool. it was it was pitiful right but i'm like hey i you know i i don't know what to do i'm going to try everything and so um uh so i put the sign out there and a couple people came and i couldn't believe it you know and they showed up and i they're paying me 30 bucks 60 bucks you know and i'm like 60 dollars an hour i'm making 850 <laughs> yeah. you know i'm making 850 an hour and you're going to pay me 30 bucks. You know, I'm like, yes, I'll do this. And so, um, so it was my wife or she became my wife. It was my uh, wife who ended up, um, talking me into opening that office. So I was, it was hanging around other people who had the idea. And then I thought, that's a great idea. I should do that. So sometimes it's your idea. Sometimes it comes from the people that you hang around with, but you got to act on those ideas. So, um, have you ever had an idea for some kind of cool invention? And then like six months later, you see someone on TV selling your invention. You're like, they ripped me off. They took my yes. idea. It's like, no, they didn't. God gave a whole bunch of people an idea. That was the person who acted on it. <laughs> right? That was the person who acted on it. And so, um, so that's how I ended up having my first office. And I probably saw like maybe 10 people in a whole year. I mean, it was very, very slow but I stayed with it and I learned new ways to get the word out. I did a lot of free talks. I helped a lot of people for free. And then I started getting better at what I was doing and people started spreading the word. And then I learned about advertising and then I got my first office and was very excited about that and ran it for about a year. And then the economy started tanking and people weren't coming in and I was spending all my money on advertising and it wasn't working and I lost the office. You know, in business, there's a whole bunch of ups and downs. It's not straight success. It is up and down and up and down. But every time you go down, you don't go all the way back to start. You learn. And then you go up a little higher and then you crash, but you go all the way back down. And then you keep going. And so pretty soon, your crashes are everybody's, you know, other people's top success, <laughs> you know, because you have stayed with it and you keep learning and you keep growing. And that's how you develop a sustainable business. And then you discover that personal development and then building other relationships. It's not who you know, it's who knows you, right? Yeah. What they're saying about you. And, you know, those are when you get the opportunities and when the big opportunities you know, there's an equation that says success, I mean, um, preparation plus opportunity equals success, right? Preparation plus opportunity. So you are going to be working hard and training and learning and developing and so that when that opportunity shows up, and there'll be lots of them, people think, oh, you get one big opportunity. No, there's lots and lots and lots of opportunities. But when that opportunity shows up, you because you've been preparing for that moment. And that's when you have your breakthrough. So let me ask you, especially because therapy is just now starting to become like uh, accepted kind of household term. Mm -hmm. But back in the day, it wasn't so much, especially not non-traditional forms of therapy like hypnosis. So did you experience a lot of ridicule or like oh, yeah. judgment from people that was telling you that that's not what it is or I know the yeah. uh, stigmatism had to be way worse back in the day for hypnotherapy as opposed to it is it now. Was. 
You are so right. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm growing up in Northern Indiana. I grew up, um, I, my apartment I was telling you about was in Gary, Indiana. And then I grew up in Hobart, Indiana, which is right next to it. And, uh, and so I'm in like the Bible belt of, you know, middle America. Right. And, uh, and so, yeah, I would have people say that hypnosis was the work of the devil and that it's going to mess with you and people are going to control your mind and all the movies from the 30s, 40s, you know, or Dracula movies or sinister people with thin mustaches that were going to hypnotize you and tie you to a ra- um, tra- you know, railroad tracks. And, and then all the way up until the last movie that I saw was um, Get Out, right? movie was oh, I watched that movie and I went no 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 right it was all about using hypnosis to control people and I'm like no this is not good it's going to scare more people and you know I my response was um you know when people would say it's the work of the devil and I said the only work of the devil is getting people to think that hypnosis is bad <laughs> because I think that God created you know God created us and created our mind and gave us this amazing tool and hypnosis is misunderstood. There's the entertainment side of it. And then there's the clinical side, the therapy side. And the therapy side is very loving. It's just helping you to figure out exactly what the belief is that's holding you back and shift it, upgrade it, change it. It is the fastest way to get really amazing results. Now, therapy usually was just teaching you how to be more of a positive thinker or you would talk to somebody for years trying to access that belief. Well, instead of years, we can do it in 20 minutes. <laughs> and that's why. And then, of course, I got really good at this. I've been doing this for 30 years, 32 years, actually. I, I was looking it up. 32 years I've been doing this. And so I've learned how to speed it up and make it work faster and uh, more gently for you know, billions of people. And so that's why uh, I love hypnosis. Uh, and you will too. I mean, you do too, Chris, but anybody that has a real experience from this understand why it's such a great tool. But remember, hypnosis isn't what's magic. What's magic is you. What's magic is the person that's listening to this and watching this right now. You're the magic. The magic is in your mind. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's in you. And hypnosis just helps you to tap into it. That's very, very true. So uh, last little question. Well, I got two more questions. Uh, the first one is, what would be some practical steps or a practical exercise that you could give people that maybe they could practice in the morning to uh, maybe shift some limiting beliefs or get them in a peak state or get them, you know, feeling good about themselves or just... Um, any tip or technique that you could give to the audience that could help improve the quality of their life? Yes, here's a couple of them. Okay, it's a wonderful morning routine. So the first thing you do is you get a piece of paper and you start writing down I am statements. Okay, we call them affirmations and I am statement. So I am confident. I am enough. I am so good looking. I should be in Hollywood. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I attract money into my life from all directions and it is good. Just go to Google and Google uh, affirmations and you'll have millions of them. And you take the affirmations that feel right for you and you write them down, maybe 10, 20 of them. And then every morning when you wake up, 
before you get out of bed, you get your affirmations and you say them out loud to yourself for the next five or 10 minutes in a row. And then every night you go to bed, you do the same thing. So five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, you're saying these affirmations to yourself. If your brain hears them enough, it will start to believe it. And when your mind believes these new ideas, it will change your life. Second thing- So what will be a time frame? Sorry to cut you out, Tim. It's okay. What will be a time frame uh, that you would give people? Because a lot of times people can be impatient when it comes to- um, affirmations and everything so what would be uh would you say like 21 doing it every days day for 21, 21 days, days. you'll start to feel or okay yes. 21 days if uh, you know i've had people and they're like well i tried this and it didn't work well i'm like how long did you do it for well i did it once okay. and it didn't work <laughs> okay well there you go <laughs> that's just feedback for you i don't believe in failure i believe in feedback there is no sure. failure it's just feedback and if you're doing something that's not working for you, it's probably because you're not doing it right. <laughs> so, or you haven't done it long enough. Or there's some other belief that's interfering. And find out what that belief is and turn it into a positive affirmation. Okay? So do it for 21 days in a row and then judge it. Judge it after the 21 days. It's like someone who judges a meal before they've had a bite of it. We'll take the bite first and then we'll talk. But don't tell me how you're feeling and all your all this stuff about what you think about it until you've actually experienced it. People tell me on and on how horrible hypnosis is. And I'll say, have you ever done it? No. <laughs> right? Well, then what makes you the expert? You haven't even done it. Right? True. They tell you about a movie. Oh, my gosh. This movie and that movie and the actor and this. Did you see the movie? No, I didn't see the movie. Well, then why are you giving me your opinion? Right? So you've got to go through it first. It's kind of like the, the gate. You've got to go through the gate to be able to have the success. If you're spending all your time talking about why you're not going to go through the gate and why it won't matter, you're not going to have the success. Right? And so you've got to own that. Right? Take responsibility. That just means the ability to respond. Right? And then go through the gate. Do it for the 21 days. And you will find that, wow. I actually am feeling better. Wow, I actually am feeling more confident. This actually is working for me. And then it'll build your confidence and help you get to the next step. No, that's profound. And I definitely appreciate that. And the last question that I wanted to ask was uh, in the form of like predictions. So I would like to know where would you see yourself in your business five years from now? Mm, man. I'm going to hire you to just ask me questions all day long. These are so good. So <laughs> preparation plus opportunity equals success. Oh, so, all right. So um, five years from now, I see me uh, traveling around the world with my family and teaching people how to love themselves and how to unlock their power and their potential. I've got many best-selling books. I've got incredible summits that I've launched and I've created amazing friendships all from with people all around the world. And I have actually made a difference in the level of suffering that we experience in life. You know, my goal is to help end needless suffering. In life, you're gonna have pain. You can't avoid it. We're human, we're gonna have pain. But the suffering that we inflict on ourselves and we inflict on each other is unnecessary. It's, it's not needed. It's, um, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. We need to be more loving, more respectful, more understanding. We need to see diversity as power. 
We need to understand that the more relationships we have with um, people who think differently than us gives you another piece of the puzzle. We all have a piece of the puzzle. Nobody has the whole puzzle. The, that's just God does, but we don't. And so the more people you connect with that, that are different than you or think differently than you or have, have different experiences, connect with them. Then you get your piece of the puzzle and their piece of the puzzle. And what happens, Chris, is all of a sudden you start to see the bigger picture. And when you have the bigger picture, then you're kind of thinking um, like God does. And it gives you the ability to create and add value and bring joy into your life and into others. And it is a really beautiful experience. And, and I'm going to be doing that for uh, the, as much time as I have on this planet. <laughs> well, that's definitely um, a powerful mission. It's definitely a profound mission. And I definitely agree that we need to end the needless suffering that's going on in the world. So I definitely appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I always get so much wisdom, encouragement, motivation from just uh, being in your presence and just talking to you. So I appreciate that. And I also wanted to give you an opportunity to just um, let the people know where they can find you at, uh, give your social media handles so they can follow you, uh, your website again, and then also name your podcast so they can follow that. So, well, first I want to say thank you. You are an awesome friend, and I really appreciate uh, that you uh, asked such wonderful quality questions. This was actually one of my favorite interviews because you had great stuff. So, good for you. Uh, Tim uh, legendsummit.com. My podcast is called How to Be Mesmerizing. So uh, if you go to uh, mesmerizingpodcast.com, you can check that out. Uh, if you just do searches for Tim Schur on Instagram or Twitter or uh, YouTube, you'll find all my stuff there. All righty. And then for those of y'all that don't like writing anything down, you can just click the links uh, in the description and I'm going to put all his links that he referred to in there. So for sure, you will be able to connect with them. So, Tim, I appreciate you again for coming on Rising Tide. I appreciate you for being a Rising Tide. I know that the audience got so much value. So I just want to encourage you to continue to be a Rising Tide, continue to walk in purpose, and just continue to be a great person. Mm, thank you, Chris. I appreciate you so much. All right. No problem, man. You have a blessed day. You too. All right. Bye.